the messages I've received is that it's all of it is predicated on each of us um, healing first and foremost. You know, if we're all of us are a healed, healing, uh, whole person, and we're aligned with what we're here for and what we're meant to express in our lifetime, if we get everybody there, that the world changes. Okay, well, welcome, Casey. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, great. So, so yeah, basically, as you know, this this podcast is it's basically an excuse to have interesting conversations with interesting people, right? That's that's <laughs> our our purpose here. So, Love it. I'm I'm really interested in your microdosing project. I'm interested in all the different healing modalities you you practice. And I'm also interested in your story, sort of who you are, where you come from, how you got drawn into all of this, and and maybe a bit of where you see yourself going in the future as well. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, drawn into this is exactly the right way to propose it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So can you tell us just a bit about microdosing for healing and sort of what you do and how you do it? Yeah, yeah, to kind of start at the end. Um, Yeah, currently, that's my primary focus is introducing people to earth medicines um, in the form of microdosing. So we have a national platform um, all over the United States of people coming to microdosing practice for all kinds of reasons. Um, People are reading about the physical health benefits, the healing benefits, um, a deepening connection to nature spiritual awakening, um, also mental and emotional reasons. And so people are coming from all over all different ages from Mm -hmm. around the country. And so it's a way to kind of, it's a framework to get people together in community, um, as well as learn and create, lay a foundation for what I hope will be a lifelong relationship that will evolve over time. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so th- that's a digital platform, right? I mean, people are mm-hmm. they're, they're literally going, okay. And you're, you're based yes. in, in Sausalito, is that right? In Northern California? I'm based in Northern California. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I grew up on the East coast, but I've been out here for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 25 years in California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. cool. And so, so all these people come together from different parts of the country, different motivations, different I don't know. I don't want to use the word, but I can't think of another one. Agendas, basically. Um, <laughs> they're, they're seeking different things, right? And, and how, do you, how do you navigate that? How do you sort of curate that space and make it so that it all sort of meshes together and, and create something, you know, cohesive? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's a great question because that was a concern at first. You know, I was like, if someone's coming for to heal a brain injury and someone else is coming to deepening their connection with animals, like how are those, how, you know, how are those people going to resonate? And they do. Um, That's the thing about nature. And I think that's one of the reasons why earth medicines are coming to the forefront now in our consciousness is they really want us to be together um, in true community. And we have, you know, we're all in our little silos of people who believe what we believe right right now. Mm -hmm. And it's really in sharing our stories is one of the deep, most deeply healing things we can do in our society right now. Um, That's really the only way I see us reconnecting and shifting our perspective, broadening our context of our own 
insular lives to a greater perspective. So that's one of the great gifts of plant medicines. And then getting people into community, you quickly see, you know, no matter what age you are, no matter your background, no matter what is bringing you to the medicines, we are all powerfully healing to witness each other, but also to be witnessed mm -hmm. by a diverse array of people. So mm -hmm. it's actually been one of the the most positively healing benefits is is bringing the diversity in. Okay, okay. And so when, when people get together, is it is it sort of an open discussion? Are there sort of talks and themes or like because I mean, yeah. Why, why don't you just walk us through it? Imagine mm -hmm. you know I've never heard of microdosing. I've no idea what it is. Like I don't know. Are these people like high on mushrooms while they're they're like <laughs> trying to navigate their Zoom or like what, what's going on here? <laughs> Great question. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So microdosing in and of itself is, is subperceptual. So people aren't, even when you are microdosing, you're not um, ever feeling, you know, visual distortions. You're just going about your daily life. Um, and you, this, the shifts that you're feeling are benefits and subtle over time. So it's very, very different than a larger dose journey experience. So it's happening all the time. Some people choose to practice simultaneously, and then some people choose to take the course and experience the community in the program um, while they're microdosing, say, medicinal mushrooms or different substances to prepare themselves. Um, I don't believe that um, earth medicines are for everyone in this moment in time. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, we humans have a habit of, of wanting to get to the end right away. We're, we're largely impatient. And for some reason, we want to go straight to, you know, the extreme and really feeling extreme things. Whereas like we would never go to, you know, if we've never meditated before, we would never sign up for a 10 day Vipassana retreat. Or if we have never exercised before, we wouldn't sign up for the Ironman. So I think a lot of my program is laying the foundation mm -hmm. for healing for the long term, introducing people. And so people might be ready to begin microdosing right away, mm -hmm. whereas others will be laying the groundwork and doing different healing modalities to prepare their body and spirit mm -hmm. um, to introduce plant medicines later. Okay. So it's like microdosing preparing for the macrodose. For some people, yes. Yeah. And some people will, you know, just choose to microdose for a long time and they'll, they'll never be drawn to doing larger journeys, but very frequently once people get into relationship, um, get comfortable, they see their relationship deepen and evolve over time. They do get curious to go deep into those deeper layers of healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious about that because as you say, it's subperceptual. Um, so it's, it's not like they're having short trips and then they move to a longer one. It's like, it's, it's no trip. I'm mean, on a perceptual level, but something subtle is changing. There are some kind of, something's going on there that exactly. somehow makes them feel that, that they're ready. So, so what is that something what's, what's happening there? It's kind of similar to a daily practice of other just, you know, contemplative or healing disciplines. So you might compare it to a daily meditation practice, uh, martial arts, Qigong, it's one of those things that once you do it daily, you will often not notice it in the moment as much as you will after practicing for three months or six months, you'll be able to look back in hindsight and mm -hmm. see really how far you have come mm -hmm. with the daily practice. Yeah. So okay. that's the thinking. 
And you, you recommend it every day or you do on the sort of like the Fatiman protocol or do you have like a specific or does it different for everyone? Like how do you, how do you navigate that? It's really different for everyone. I encourage people to use their intuition. Um, that said at the outset, it's like any new practice, it's great to have a, a framework that's consistent. So mm-hmm. some people do use the Fatiman protocol, many use the Stamets protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the most popular one um, our community exclusively uses earth medicine. So no uh, synthetic uh, microdose substance, all, all plants or mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And typically they work on a four, three or five, two to begin with. So be five um, days on three days off or five days on two days off. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's really just to be able to notice and keep it consistent. So you have a greater baseline framework to compare and contrast with than if mm-hmm. you're kind of all over the place and, and changing it. That's true of kind of any practice in life. Mm-hmm. So that's what they begin with. But over time, you know, your relationship with the medicine will become largely intuitive and you will know how to, what protocol you need in this moment, depending on what circumstances um, in life you're facing, you will know when it's time to take breaks, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, I compare it to you know, if you've meditated or done yoga for many, many, many years, ultimately it doesn't matter if you sit on your mat, you know, or your cushion every day, mm-hmm. you're still practicing yoga throughout your life. It's, mm-hmm. it's just with you all the time. And it's less about the time that you're in poses. Mm-hmm. So I find plant medicine, natural medicine is very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I were to, I don't know, let's just say, uh, overworked, stressed, anxious, not really sure what's going on, just like big dissatisfaction with my life. How could um, microdosing help me? Like what, what's, what's, what's the benefit? <laughs> you just described most people right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, Absolutely. that's why I chose the example. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that resonates deeply. I, I hear that description quite often. Um, in a variety of ways. So I think most people are drawn to microdosing right now because they they've watched podcasts or they've they've read the news. You know, it's gotten a lot of uh, press lately in mainstream publications. And so people um, who read that coverage are drawn for the mental and emotional benefits. Typically, um, research is showing typically with large dose um, earth medicines, uh, specifically the psilocybin research as showing great improvements for depression, anxiety, PTSD, addiction. Um, What I have witnessed within our community, whether you're coming to plant medicines for that or or not, uh, for other reasons, people do tend to experience dramatic shifts in their experience and their level of happiness in life. And I think this is less to do with the medicines themselves kind of doing something to us. Instead, the medicines are helping us heal at a root cause foundational level, which is helping us become more present and kind of more aligned with ourself. And once we become present and aligned with ourself, every decision we make in life, it, it's a mirror of that. So we're making very, very different choices than we, we made before, which is contributing to our overall health and well-being. So I think part of why it's so helpful for reducing anxiety and depression 
it's not that you don't feel anxiety or depressed anymore. It's just, you have a greater context and a bandwidth, if you will, so that you're holding those emotions in a much different way mm -hmm. than you did prior. Um, yeah. You're less trapped in kind of the old loops and old ruminations of loathing or self-criticism. And likewise, you're less apt to be stuck in a loop of future tripping, you know, worried about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think just helping, um, assisting us and helping us to become more present is so dramatically healing across the board for yeah. all facets of life. Definitely. Definitely. And do, do you see that as mm, sort of like an automatic effect like that, that just happens or it's, if you're doing a meditative practice and you're sort of like in making a concerted effort to be more present, it can be an aid. Like what, how, how would you? Excellent question. It? Excellent question. Yes. It's a dramatic difference if you are uh, meeting the medicines, as I like to say. So it's really a relationship and it's not a drug. I don't, you know, I struggle with even using the term medicines because mm -hmm. it's much more of a relationship and it's much more of a participa participatory dynamic, I feel, of reciprocity. So everything you're doing to contribute to your own healing, um, the medicines will meet you there. So the people that tend to have the greatest benefits are often doing complementary practices. Uh, Reiki, uh, Qigong, I've seen those two especially, but I think anything that is opening up the body, opening up your levels of consciousness, opening your chakras, um, all of this, every little, every little thing you do contributes to the overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then that, I guess that brings us back to this, this question of what do you do in the group? Like what, what, what happens there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in the group, so we, we all work off the same course framework. So the course curriculum is designed. Um, some people take it for a six week intensive, and then we also have a six month program. And so the course is really to lay the foundation of introducing people to microdosing, what it is, why are we here, what can happen, uh, personal practices to help integrate microdosing practice into your life, notice benefits and shifts. Uh, we also have guest experts throughout the course um, that speak to a variety of topics related to microdosing. And then the community aspect is we come together <clears throat> in the intensives, we come together once a week. Uh, virtually. And then in the larger group community, the six month program, we come together twice a month right now, and sometimes more um, for various events. And it's like we said, virtual. So it's people all over the United States right now. Um, hopefully soon um, we'll have some international people too in there as well. And we meet and it's the groups are a combination of sharing, uh, coaching, um, there are people typically be just beginning their practice along with people who have been practicing now for nine or 10 months. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really beautiful thing because people who are just starting out can really see in real time, like look ahead and see where they're going to be mm -hmm. in a few months from now. And likewise, you know, once we get used to any practice, um, having beginners always there is really refreshing because it keeps you, it keeps you in that beginner mindset mm -hmm. and how important setting the intention, creating your rituals and your preparation is. So it's a blend of all of those things. I do tend to notice themes come up 
um, within the practitioners. So I will bring in special guest experts too, to mm-hmm. speak to, sometimes they're in the, the medicine world and sometimes they're outside of the medicine world, depending on what's going on. So for example, um, our upcoming call, we have a breathwork expert coming in mm-hmm. because a lot of people in their, whether it was in, in their medicine practice and their journeys, um, just in their daily rituals, we're beginning to notice and drawn to the breath. And I noticed it enough in so many people that I got curious to learn more. And so I've been kind of diving more deeply into breath work and we'll have a breath work expert on our next call to help inform why that might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a good, good way to, to become more present and you know, it's always, it's always with you, you know, that's the, that's the good thing about it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Powerful tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, going forward, I think so much of what we're seeing is that there are so many natural medicines that have been with us all the while that we have overlooked. You know, we're so, so ten- we have such a tendency to look outside of ourselves for uh, the last several generations that getting back to um, our breath as medicine, you know, the natural nature as medicine. Um, things that are already with us, our food is medicine. Um, more and more people are coming um, out of curiosity at this point mm-hmm. to discover those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of uh, a person in this this program. It's, it's a small program, right? There's maximum 12 people, is that right? The intensives are 12 people. Mm -hmm. at a time and then the community is a much larger group okay Mm -hmm. Okay. so so over the course of these six weeks like people are getting to know each other hearing each other's stories maybe helping one another i imagine there's there's some sort of forum where they can communicate outside of the weekly calls Mm -hmm. Um, i mean typically that's part of the fun of, of the group is um you know they're all being brought together for a reason. Oftentimes they have very funny stories about what led them um, to this. They're always fun and serendipitous, but they're always meant to be in the group together. And there's certain themes I've noticed in each group um, is has its unique um, aspects to it. And so there are always people in the groups and connections that are made that they're, they're meant to meet in that way and have a lifelong bond. And they were, they were brought together for a reason. Um, so yeah, they get to know each other very, very quickly and deeply. It's just six weeks. It tends to fly by, um, but we go really deep, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, that's part of the magic, I think, in, in the program itself is, is the, the group aspect. I've worked most of my life one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. The group dynamic is very new to me in the last year. And I've been amazed um, in guiding the groups, just how quickly um, shifts and healing and dramatic changes can happen within the container of a group mm-hmm. far faster and deeper than what happens working solo. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? I wish I, could, <laughs> wish I could answer that. Um, I don't know. I feel very certain there's something to the group and community aspect. 
Um, I think it's been lost in our current culture, especially here in the United States. You know, so much of our our healing is focused on it's private, it's one-on-one. We'll go to therapy and just, you know, speak to our own experience or we'll be given a prescription and go home and, you know, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. So the, the, having the supportive container, there's something to being able to share your story, but there's also some magic in sharing and witnessing the process of another. Mm -hmm. And I do think indigenous traditions knew this and practice this, um, and other cultures over history have practiced this. So I think we're too, that's going to be a, a big factor and framework as we recreate our, our health and wellness systems here in the country is including more of a community aspect. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seems to me like for, for many, if not most people, especially in the US, you know, probably a huge part of what's ailing them is isolation and that that sense of, I mean, it's the, the flip side of the, the American dream, right? And the whole, you know, independence, rah, rah, rah. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's nice, but but then, you know, from independence to isolation, it's 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 not a very big step. And uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like in in my experience, I mean a huge part of what plant medicine does is it helps us to get out of our sort of mental frameworks out of our sort of analytical monkey mind. And, and I think connecting with other people is just sort of like, yeah, it it resonates with that process. It reinforces it. It, uh, it can really help to, to accelerate that, that process of, of, as you say, becoming more present, uh, which I interpret as meaning becoming more present in our bodies, in our emotions, in our intuition, and all those sort of deeper and evolutionarily more ancient parts of ourselves that we tend to ignore, right? Because our society doesn't operate in that way. Our society is all about the prefrontal cortex and analysis and verbal communication and blah, blah, blah. And and we tend to sort of sever ourselves off from the rest of who we, who we are, you know? And so, so, I mean, to, to me, it seems like a huge part of what, what plant medicine has to offer is that it can help us to reconnect with ourselves on that, that deeper level, you know? And so if, if we're, if I think part of us, part of our needs as, as humans is, you know, we're social animals. And so it's like, if we're connecting with other people while we do it, that's just, you know, it really just, just helps us along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we're healed and we're on our healing journey, I think along the way we discover that, you know, we're really here at the end of the day, whatever gifts that we've been given to make manifest in the world, you know, when they're only directed at ourselves, what's the point, (laughs) you know, we're here to express and share them um, at the end of the day. And I think the last 40 years, particularly, um, in the United States and for better or for worse, I think the rest of the world kind of cues off the United States the last 40 years of such an excessive focus on the self, you know? And at the end of the day, it's very unfulfilling. And in the last several months, we've had a lot of people over 70 coming into our microdosing program, which has been, there's 
a, many all from all over the country. And I'm like, there's something to this. And why are there so many, you know, 74, 76, 86 coming in and all of them in, in a variety of ways are kind of saying the same thing that they've lived their lives always with this vague sense that there's something more and they couldn't put their finger on it, but it's been with them for decades and decades. And they've done all the things, you know, they say I've done, you know, everything I was supposed to do. I was supposed to raise the family and have the kids and have the, the safe job and the salary and, and retire comfortably. Yeah. But now I'm 75 and I'm wondering like, whatever it is that's been calling to me all these years, what am I like, what am I waiting for in, in, in discovering what that is? And, and that is their soul. I believe, I think it's their soul um, calling to them of who and what they're meant to do. And so it's never too late. Um, And it's been astounding watching people, you know, in their late seventies and eighties, like discovering themselves for the first time Mm -hmm. at this stage. And in turn, I think that's one of the most healing things we can have happen in our society in a society that has really lost a sense of eldership and mentorship. Um, and really that takes, you know, you can't do that for others if you, if you haven't done that for yourself yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was Carl Jung who said he's, he'd never had a patient beyond a certain age whose problem wasn't essentially a spiritual one. Right. And there's, yeah, I think there's just a sense of once you sort of got your bases covered and, you know, you have enough food to eat and shelter and whatever, it's just like, what the hell am I doing? What is this all about? You know? Exactly. Yeah. We get there sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> <Right? laughs> later than others. Yeah. And I think the isolation from each other, the isolation from ourself, you know, being distant from our own soul mm-hmm. and being isolated from nature. And disconnected from nature and i know like that's one thing i love so much about your work and mm-hmm. how you frame your work presently is i do think we need to you know plant medicines earth medicines are great in that it's bringing nature to us but i think we as a species really need to go to nature not the other way around so yeah. to immerse immerse ourselves in nature is one of the best teachers we can possibly have in this moment definitely so yeah yeah i'm with you there yeah definitely who was it i was uh terence mckenna i'm not going to be able to remember the whole full quote but he has this this great speech about um you know he says if you're looking for answers you know don't don't go to a priest don't go to a shaman you know just go just go look at a fucking waterfall you know like right. that's that's your teacher you know and and it's the, I mean, I think he's, he's right on, a, on so many levels. Um, and probably the most basic is just, you know, what they're, they're calling now the paleo deficit disorder. It's just like, you know, the basic idea is like, we've evolved in a certain context, right? We're supposed to get cold. We're supposed to get hot. We're supposed to get tired. We're supposed to get hungry. We're supposed to work for our food. Uh, we're supposed to live in community. Um, you know, we're supposed to wake up when the sun rises, go to sleep when it sets, sleep next to a fire, all these different things, which very few of us ever do. Right. And, and that has a huge effect on, on our mental and physical well-being. you know, and, and, you know, on a, on a global scale, it's, it's, you can't really propose that as a solution. We should all just go back to being cavemen, but, but you can take little 
bits of that and say, well, okay, so if I do ice baths once a week, and if I, you know, do a sauna twice a week, and, um, you know, do some, some like high intensity training, and maybe do intermittent fasting, and, you know, taking all these, it's, it's sort of like a simulation of what uh, our evolutionary context is, and using that to, to sort of reset our nervous system and reset all kinds of, you know, circadian rhythm and metabolism and all different all these natural systems that in a sort of office job or, or city setting just completely go, go haywire, you know, and, and then that, that can show up five years or 10 years down the line as depression, anxiety, cancer, what have you. But, but as you said earlier, it's like, if you, if you're just looking at, at the, the symptoms, you're kind of missing the point, you have to get to, to the root of it, you know, and, and really, you know, coming back to, to presence with, with that, that deeper self you know, that, that we all have inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I think bringing the more natural aspects in because it's so much to overcome just to have the expectation of, you know, microdosing, like, like a pharma drug is just, I would just have to take this and live my regular lifestyle and it's going to change anything. It's, that's not, um, that's, unreal, unrealistic expectations, I think is, is we need to do our part to, to, again, to step to nature and meet nature. Um, yeah. And I, I do think there's, yeah. Um, a lot of people are ready to, to embrace more caveman lifestyle behavioral patterns. Um, yeah. In, in bits and pieces, even if it's just beginning to go to sleep earlier and get up earlier, um, or eat more plant-based, um, yeah, the more reading um, and study I have done is just really seeing dramatically how our species, you know, I, t- I tend to blame it on the 80s. Like we also, we started to go off track in the 80s, <laughs> um, but it actually started, I think we actually started before that, you know, when we moved from the hunter-gatherer, you know, way of life to yeah. the industrial agriculture way yeah. of life. Like um, the 70s maybe or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> predating predate predating us by a little bit um that far back but yeah i think immersing re-immersing ourselves in nature you know eating more where we're eating foods that are more um in alignment with the hunter gather Mm -hmm. versus the you know processed refined uh foods that we eat today Mm -hmm. all of these things are interwoven and I think my hunch is that earth medicines are, are coming to us so, so profoundly right now is to kind of re-inspire and re-spark that curiosity and connection in us. Mm-hmm. And then it's, that's up to us to kind of follow that thread through. Yeah. 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 And how, how does that tie in with, with the presence piece for you? You know, if there's these, I see kind of two, two aspects of, you know, reconnecting with our sort of more essential, more natural self and mm-hmm. becoming more present, more aware, like yeah. maybe a different way to ask it is what, what does presence mean to you? Like, what does it mean to be more present? Presence means that you are in fully in yourself at all times. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you mm-hmm. have a feeling, feeling of peace and wholeness and completeness within mm-hmm. your own self, regardless of external circumstances. Okay. Very, very, very few of us 
can achieve that fully in this lifetime on a consistent basis, <clears throat> but it's something that we can always apprentice ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so deeply healing. And I think there's so many different ways in. That's why I, I love exploring your work because in many ways we're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. in that way yeah. is we both use natural elements and natural techniques, but my work tends to be on the very, very soft, um, very subtle, gentle, you know, feminine yang dynamic, or you can enter into presence through the more extreme elements of hot, of heat, of cold. And all of those things are bringing you into a point of a still point, if you mm-hmm. will, of presence and deep peace and deep relaxation. Mm-hmm. But I think each individual human spirit is wired in a different way that exploring what calls to you. And there's many, many different pathways in. there's not just one way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hmm. I mean, you yeah. can't help but be fre- present when you're freezing in ice water. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll make you, pre- that'll make you present real fast. Um, and other people get there on a, on a meditation cushion. So yeah, no, definitely all paths, yeah. all paths lead to the same place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I really I liked your your definition of presence. It's a it's a good one. Um, it uh it calls to mind. I mean, one one way to describe a lot of the work I do, or the value of a lot of the work I do, is it helps with with interoception, so perception of of internal processes, and I think that's a a huge part of of presence or awareness that often sort of gets gets lost, um, because a, a lot of times, I don't know, just, just talking to people, um, it seems that there's a sort of common understanding of presence as meaning like being very observant, maybe, uh, just like you, you notice things basically. Um, and that's, you know, that's fine, but, but it's very different to notice things that are outside of you or things that are inside of you. And it's very different to notice thoughts or, uh, feelings or uh, bodily sensations, you know, and, and, and neurologically speaking, I mean, they have a very different uh, effect on you, you know, and in, a, in some schools of Buddhism, you know, they differentiate between a open awareness and a, and a focused attention, you know, and, and I think it's, it's really interesting to, to develop both of those in tandem and sort of maintain both of those abilities so you can you can sort of be aware and be almost sort of like a sponge just absorbing things but then also develop an ability to focus very intently on one specific thing you know which could be heating your body when you're in the ice or you know focusing on your breath when you're sitting on the cushion or whatever it is you know and and i think both of those skills uh they're very transferable right so when you're feeling stressed when you're feeling overwhelmed whatever it is like you have those neural networks prepared to get you out of that mess, you know, and, and even to prevent you from getting into that mess in the, in the first place. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very, it's, you articulated it beautifully. It tends to be a really difficult thing to articulate <clears throat> for people, but it's beautiful watching. I see this so often in people who are microdosing practice and simultaneously implementing a breathwork practice and movement practice and they're getting into their bodies for the first time and noticing and really noticing how our bodies are communicating to us all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
have so much to share. That's that's one of their the jobs of our our bodies. And to just in this in the process of becoming more present, you develop keener skills of observation, of self awareness, of um, intuition, for sure, mm-hmm. um, by becoming more present. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And how did, how did you get into all this? Like how, <laughs> to, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly, it's when I was a child. So I grew up in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. um, with nature loving parents, thankfully. And so I grew up, I mean, my dad was really, really into, you know, nature was his church and every moment we could, we spent outdoors. Um, he was constantly photographing and teaching me about moss and algae and, and mushrooms um, as a child. And so it's funny, you know, I think a lot of times if you look closely as, as kids, those little clues are there, mm-hmm. you know, this little signpost for our souls leading yeah. us to our, our fate. Um, And so I got into the healing arts um, pretty young. I wanted to be a doctor for a very long time. I was always drawn to neurology or uh, psychology, psychiatry. And I started out pre-med in school and then moved to California and really just... I discovered Big Sur and the Esalen Institute and uh, I said I discovered th- drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, quite the quite the opposite, interestingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I had never done drugs growing up. Um, I have always had a really exceptionally sensitive nervous system. Hmm. Um and I was al- always wary of putting things in my body that would throw my already, it was kind of a trick nervous system and when I would get stressed, overwhelmed, um, overstimulated, I, mine would result in grand mal seizures. Oh, wow. So whereas other people would have a migraine or a panic attack. Um, and as a child, they were quite intense, like in my late teens and twenties. And I was tested for everything and they couldn't find a biological origin of, of my seizures. And I always had a hunch. It was, just my, my nervous system was so sensitive, which comes with great gifts, <laughs> but it also comes with this, this flaw that I have to, I am not really built for modern society. So I have to live my life in a way to allow myself to be in this modern world and mm. also function at the same time. So mm. that propelled me into the healing arts um, and being in nature has always been deeply healing animals have always been deeply healing. So I began in the healing arts um, in my very early twenties and went into body work. So my background primarily is in somatics and that's where I began. And I'm very, very grateful for that now um, because that's one of the first things I teach people today when people come to healing and they're brand new um, they're open, but they don't even know where to begin yeah. and getting in your body is the first step yeah. um, for everyone in healing. We tend to be, you know, heads on sticks walking around here in, in modern culture in the United States. So really getting people to drop into their physical body, into their heart, into their soul space um, is first. And yeah, from body work, I evolved. Um, I wrote books, I created pro- natural product lines 
and then um, opened studio, began opening our studios in 2012. And so our studios uh, were called Solstice and we began offering strictly somatics at first, so body work, Reiki, energy work, um, and then evolved over time to include meditation, yoga, plant medicine, sound healing, um, kind of a diverse array and access points to mm -hmm. people um, in a daily way. So the intention was to be always to be able to incorporate healing into your everyday life uh, mm -hmm. versus a retreat that you need to go outside your life for. Um, both are the dream, the ideal together. Um, and then from there, I think I began first working with people with um, earth medicines one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. for some time. And it was really the COVID closures. You know, we were based in California. We were closed uh, one of the longest in the world. Um, we were shut down. <clears throat> and so that really propelled me to create a, the virtual platform mm -hmm. that now became microdosing for healing today okay. um, as a way to stay in touch and continue offering healing to people in the way that was possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for the last couple of years, that's largely been virtual. So, yeah. yeah. And what, what would you say, like, what's the, the thread that sort of runs through all of that? What's the, I mean, I hesitate to use the word, but um, I think I will anyway, the, the, the passion or the, the vision or the drive, you know, what, what is it that's, that's sort of pulling you forward? Through, through all of these different modalities? I think that, I think allowing people to discover their own innate healing path, you know, it's so unique for everyone mm -hmm. and that everyone has the potential in this lifetime to, to heal and discover their, what they're here for. So mm -hmm. essentially it's, it's all and always has been soul work, but it's just, reaching people at different access points yeah. in the way, you know, we, <clears throat> my studios were in um, Northern California, which is a, you know, our client base was a very, very diverse mix of people um, just as our groups nationally are now. And everybody comes in for a different reason, but yeah. ultimately once you get on the path, you're going to discover so much more. Mm -hmm. um, to yourself than you ever knew was possible. So for instance, like someone might come to the studio really focused on an elbow injury they got in CrossFit. You know, they don't come in with the intention of opening their heart or tapping into their soul and their unique space, but over time, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's just kind of immersing yourself um, in, in the path and in the journey and then just following it from there. So that's kind of what drives me and why I love this work so much is helping people discover that for themselves. Yeah. And what, what is it that you get out of it personally? Like why, I mean, maybe it seems like a strange question, but I mean, so I guess I'll, I'll give a little preface, which is just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I spend a huge amount of my time helping other people in, in various ways. Um, and there's two sort of um, archetypal visions of the healer, like the Apollo and, and Chiron, right? So Apollo is just like the shining God who comes out and he's, you know, perfect being and bestows his perfection on the rest of the world. And that's just the natural order of things. And Chiron is, is the wounded healer. He was a, a centaur, I think. And he got, 
I don't, I don't remember the whole story, but he got shot with an he arrow. Got knocked somehow. Around. He got yeah. knocked around quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically <laughs> through, through his suffering that he mm-hmm. was drawn to, uh, to heal other people. And in, in my experience, I've never met a true Apollo. Like I've only met, <laughs> I've met Chiron's dressed like Apollo, but you know, um, right. but we've all got something going on. Right. And, <laughs> and that's, and I, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of or, or shy away from, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, there seems to be some essential mechanism of like, when we live through difficult situations and we work really hard to heal ourselves, then there's just a sort of natural evolution of that that makes us feel sort of compelled almost to help mm-hmm. other people as well you know yes and so I guess I'm just I'm just curious on your perspective on that and sort of what is your relationship like what draws you to helping other people to heal yeah I mean that resonates so deeply I've I feel that very much so and see that in others you know I, I am very passionate about nurturing um, other healers as well and everything that happens to us in life you know, our, our little breadcrumbs for our faith. So everything that we go through in life and we heal from and overcome, that is our gift then to share with others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the point. And so like, what's the saying? Um, Calm seas make lousy soldier sailors, okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the more, the more we go through, the more we navigate in life. Um, it's really that that allows us to help others truly in, in the fullest, most complete way that we can. Um, so I am very excited about witnessing where healing is going from here because I think it's going to be more and more about embodiment, you know, and bringing our whole selves to the healing process, not just having a certification and a credential to hang on the wall or what school we went to or what training we went to those things are important and always to have a consistency and a framework. Um, But I think moreover to allow people really the safety sanctuary um, witnessing to truly heal at a very deep level that needs to be met with that embodied spirit of someone who has done that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. I, that resonates completely. It's, it's yeah. that which we have healed ourselves from. Um, we can most, we can have the most compassion for in others. Yeah. yeah. So and do, do you I feel, <laughs> no, do you feel like by helping other people to heal, you're continuing that journey for yourself? Like, does that contribute to your, your further healing or growth or like, what is, what is that ongoing relationship? I think it does. I think it does. I think it's always a a spectrum um, Mm -hmm. and we're always healing in different ways. That's why I think at any given time we're being mentored and we are mentoring Mm -hmm. um, as healers. It's really important to have both. um, So we're in balance and in reciprocity all Mm -hmm. the time. You know, you reminded me of a funny story, a very young uh, massage therapist and she'd just been working for a couple of weeks and she, she took me aside at the studio one day um, for a private conversation. And she just said, I'm just curious. She's like, everybody who, who works here has been through some heavy shit. (laughs) She (laughs) said, is that, is that normal? Like, like incredible stories. And I just laugh and it's, you know, it takes people seeing that, you know, with fresh eyes, um, coming in to see, yeah, it is often, you know, that's the blessing and the curse, I think, of, of achieving true wisdom, um, is, is 
going through some heavy stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I've, I've got a young quote on that. Jose. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, you have some great, you have some fantastic <laughs> quotes on your website. I've enjoyed reading them. There is no coming to consciousness without pain. Carl Jung. There we go. Unfortunately, often true. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Do, do you mind if I give you another one? Just Khalil no, mm-hmm. Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Even as the stone of the fruit must break that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup he brings, though it burn your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter has moistened with his own sacred tears. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I have have a lot of um, people new to healing coming to me and as they're embarking and, and discovering different modalities and things they're like who you know how do I know how do I know who's my teacher or who's my doctor or who's my guide and my facilitator mm-hmm. and what do I ask them you know and there's all the traditional questions you know your training how long have you been doing this getting recommendations but my question to people is I want to know what someone's been through yeah. you know what what is your story? What have you overcome? You know, what was your greatest heartache? Um, because that, that to me tells me far more about a person, um, than any, than anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what have you been through? <laughs> um, you know, like everyone quite, quite a bit. Um, and I definitely see, the the threads you know of of why i'm here you know the work that i'm doing now um and the life uh path that i've been been uh given in some ways so as a child i've i've lost a lot of people in in my life um and quite young as a child and so that's something when i began my own healing practice um interestingly you know I was an athlete I was a ballet dancer and so I was very physical and I here I thought I was going to have a very physical body practice and I'm like I'm going to work with a lot of athletes and do sports massage Uh -uh." like not (laughs) not at all like people were coming to me with these very heavy stories of grief and trauma and um child abuse in in many cases and here I was I was like 20 21 years old and I was like I don't I would go to my mentors and teachers and say I don't know how to hold space for this and they were like really is that true you don't know how to hold space for this Hmm. and so it was you know I of course had to mature and come into my own confidence and skills you know which is normal but I think the early things that happened to us in life kind of set us up for who we're meant to care for um, later. And so those people will just kind of find you once you're on your own path, that resonance. And so I found it very natural and I wouldn't say easy is the right word, but 
very natural and very fulfilling to work with people that were going through um, deep grief um, or betrayal or, you know, abandonment issues of, of all flavors and stripes. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I do. I reminded by, um, if you know, the, the meditation uh, teacher, Sharon Salzberg, yeah. she's just a gem. And I saw her speak once and she had a very, very difficult, um, very challenging childhood. And she said, you know, like, I would not wish my childhood on anyone, on anyone, but it, it has made me who I am. And I would never have just the compassion that I have for the world and everyone in it, had I not walked through that suffering as a kid. So yeah. I've always remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I hear you speak, it, it seems like you're very deeply connected to sort of your, your purpose, your, I mean, your, your business and your, like your being, it's just kind of in, in alignment, it seems, right? It's the same. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so, the same. So to me, that that's, um, I guess my question is like, how do you, how do you see that connection between business and purpose say like is that mm. is there is there a necessary marriage there or is it you know um how do you I, does does it does the business maybe dilute the purpose does it add to it is there is there constant tension that you have to be aware of like uh, yeah. i mean I'll, I'll say maybe i'll just tell you what's motivating this for me is because for please, me I, I i i often find myself in a position where Maybe there's a person who's who's younger or doesn't have quite as much money or uh, for whatever reason can't really pay very much or, or nothing at all for the services that I offer, which require of me a lot of time and a lot of energy. Like I really put my soul into it, you know, and, and it's what's motivating me is, um, you know, I want to to share. I want to help. I want to support. I want to to enter into this, you know, this, this healing relationship, but at the same time, like I, I do need money. I need to pay my bills and, and all of that, you know? And so, so I find that, that sometimes the, the business aspect is, is a really nice sort of complement to the purpose and the passion. And sometimes it's, it, it creates this, this tension that is sometimes very, very complex or difficult to, to resolve, you know? And so, so I guess, that's that's my personal baggage. That's why I'm I'm interested in, in hearing your answer. You know, because because you've I mean you've you've done a lot of different things. You've created different businesses. You've written books. You've you know been on TV. You've 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 you walk the walk. You know, and uh, and so I'm just curious, like what? How do you how do you see that? How does that play out for you? Mm -hmm. No, it's such a beautiful question, and it's really timely right now. I'm actually one of the projects I'm working on right now is to help support healers in bridging the gap between healing and business. Mm -hmm. So they're not, there isn't so much tension between the two. And a lot of it is going to be creating new ways of holding, you know, um, our work in modern society going forward. So it's, it's a really beautiful question. I think resonates with, you know, all healers in, in some level. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the ad advantage for me, the gift has been, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole, pretty much my whole life. And so I don't, 
I, I wasn't working off of any pre-existing systems. I was just kind of making it up as I went along, mm-hmm. which has positives and it has challenges. Um, but I've always viewed my business more like a piece of art, you know, mm-hmm. a living, breathing piece of creation that it, it doesn't really have a beginning and an end or, you know, a goal per se. It's just me being in the present and creating from each moment and what I see um, my clients or my community needing next. And mm-hmm. so, for example, like when we created our, our bodywork studio, you know, the traditional typical route would have been, you know, all of our clients and outsider were like, well, of course you have all these people here Then you need to do nails and you need to do hair and you need to do these things and be a spa. And I just, it wasn't in alignment with, with who I was as a soul and my soul purpose. And so having beginning from that foundation and being clear on that, I think assists your business path. Um, and that's, that needs to come first because that way, when you're creating your business, your business will always be an artistic, creative reflection of your spirit and what Mm. calls to you. And if you grow your business and scale your business in a way, always keeping that as central, it's, you're not as susceptible to kind of getting off track away from yourself, far from your soul, but also kind of going down you know, these external pressures of, well, this is trendy right now. I should do this, or this is what my investors want me to do. I should do this. Mm -hmm. It's really creating in response as a reflection of your soul, but also truly creating in response to serving people, um, in the highest and best intention. Mm -hmm. Um, and what each community will need will be different from one to the next. Um, as an example, like I had, studios in in Marin County, which is very, um, very progressive, but very, very fast paced and very achievement oriented. And so a lot of that community didn't necessarily need to be um, taught that health and wellness is worth investing in. They were Mm -hmm. already well aware of that. What they needed was actually more rest and slowness and softness mm-hmm. to heal and put themselves in balance, which was counterintuitive because a lot of them are very high achieving. So they were drawn to the CrossFit or, mm-hmm. you know, the hot power yoga um, and those things, but to really meet the needs of seeing a community. Um, and then in different studios and different communities, I would see differences. And so we tried to create in reflection and response mm-hmm. versus kind of an external dynamic and a, a framework. Mm-hmm. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But the tension of, you know, money and investing in your healing and in soul work is something that I think is going to be evolving. We're going to witness real time, which mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited about because it hasn't happened, at least in our lifetime yet, um, where people, you know, people are trained to it's okay right now they'll they'll go spend money on alcohol they'll spend money on dinners they'll spend money on um the gym you know Mm -hmm. people will invest several hours a week on their fitness but i think we're going to witness a new um a 
a new emphasis and appreciation for investing time in your own healing mm-hmm. and self-discovery, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And what, I mean, so what's your relationship to money? Like, I mean, because uh, again, I, I know it probably sounds strange. I have to preface that question a little bit, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming from a place where like, I, I mean, I grew up in a, in a very sort of, I don't know, alternative setting, we could say, where like, for me, it was just a given that like money, prestige, power, it's all meaningless. And like, you just have to, it's all about just basically like your, your ethical position in life or your, your purpose and just go for what's important to you. You know, and I've, Mm -hmm. I've lived many years of my life, like very, very little money, uh, you know, traveling, volunteering on farms, like, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. keeping it very grassroots. Um, and I'm, I'm at a place in my life now where I'm starting to create businesses and sort of use money as, as a tool to help me sort of, um, I don't know, give my dream wings, I could say. Um, but it's most of the people I encounter in my work are sort of coming at it the other way around, right? They've, they're sort of typical, you know, driven achievers who have had some sort of existential crisis and are like, okay, now what, what the fuck do I do? You know? Um, (laughs) But, but for me, I've, I've always had this question of like, if, if my motives are really pure and good, and I'm really just here to help people, like, what the hell am I doing charging them money? Like, why shouldn't I just be like mother Teresa 2.0, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and maybe I should be and and maybe everything else is just an excuse. I don't know. But, but I'm just curious, like what, how do you see, does money, mm, the the act of, of charging money, for example, like you, you have to set a price for it. I mean, you're, you're a microdosing course, right? You have to, somehow you have to set a price point for that. Like, do you see that as, uh, contributing to your vision and your services because it's allowing you to invest more and expand to the rest of the world? Or do you see it as sort of a necessary evil or you'd rather just not think about it because, you know, whatever, <laughs> you just need to pay the bills and, you know, move on with life? Yeah, no, I love this question. And this too, I think is very relevant right now um, because I think a lot of people share, um, you have a challenge relationship with with money. So money to me, I don't even view money as money. It's money to me is energy and it's resources um, and it's creative potential. So I, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I've always been an entrepreneur. And so I saw early on that whatever, whatever I invested my time in, if that were to be successful and profitable, that allows me to grow and create more. Mm -hmm. So it's just, to me, money is always created. It's about creative potential and and creative control in that, you know, I could make the decision to, you know, that were somewhat didn't make any sense in my studio development and my business life. um, And I could stay true to myself because I I didn't have to answer to anyone other than my own soul, which is, you know, not the case if you have investors or other pressures or a board of directors to answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always viewed money as creative potential. And if the success can be poured into 
other things to just help more people in a wider, more comprehensive way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we see examples of it right now when people who have so much just continue to um, direct those resources to themselves. And it's, it's such a shame um, because there's so much potential there of so much that can be created. It's like, if you're, if you work years and years and invest your time and your energy and all the sacrifice it takes to grow a business of any size, um, at the end of the day, I think you see what the motivation is. If it's not clear at the beginning, it's certainly clear, um, once the end, it's like, are you going to use this to create more or are you going to use it to you know a rocket so you can have yourself photographed in in a space you know in a rocket ship thing um who does that who does that affect who does that touch and so to me it's it's creating a business that is thriving that is sustainable that can support itself that can make independent decisions it gives you that freedom to create more and touch more lives. Um, And there's also, I think as the, you know, from the consumer, the client, the student perspective, I see over and over and over again, that when people are willing to invest, invest with their full heart, um, they're the ones who reap the greatest benefits. Um, and it happens faster. I see it happen over and over and over again. And so if you take the concept of money, set that aside and just view it as energy and resources, when you show up to the world and you say, I have worked to, I have this energy, these resources, and I am putting it into myself and my healing, Mm -hmm. the universe hears that loud and clear and it meets you there. So Yeah. That's my, that's my take on money. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, where do you see yourself going with all this? Like, I don't know, 10 years from now, 20 (laughs) years from now. (laughs) That's always a really tricky question for me. Um, We talked before I had shared that I had read something um, you had written that resonated so much with myself is that, um, you know, to, to stay present and to really create in the moment and not really have an end goal in mind um, and necessarily know what this is going to look like because it's going to be an evolution that kind of meets the moment and the world. So I I know right now I'm focused on how I want to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. I want how I want to feel in five or 10 years versus how the architecture of how that's going to look like, because I could be living anywhere. I, you know, could be surrounded by people I don't know yet. I really don't know. I just, I'm very clear on the work um, that I want to be doing for the world and, mm. and how I want to feel um, in my skin at how, that how, time. And how do you want to feel? Um, at peace. Um, I want to feel always vibrant and forward-looking. Um, I always want to feel excited and creative with what I'm creating each day. Um, so again, I don't know what form and shape that'll take, but having that feeling is most important. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. If you imagine yourself 
being that that person say 10 years from now vibrant creative at peace what advice do you think you would give your present self mm-hmm. i think it'd be very similar to the advice that I would at now give my 20 year old self, um, which was just always, always create and stay true to your, to your spirit and your soul. Mm. It will not steer you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Make that central always. Mm. And for someone who hears that and just says, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Like, what is a spirit? What is a soul? Like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Like, how does how does someone get from there to where you are? Like, how does one begin to start connecting with this sense of purpose, passion, uh, meaning, what have you? Yeah, a part of it is just, it's, it's available to everyone always. You know, I think sometimes people f- feel like they feel trapped, you know, by prior decisions they made. Mm. They're like, oh, I'm... Somehow I'm a corporate attorney, but I, I am really an astrologer. Like how do I, (laughs) how did I, so it's, you can be both, you know? And I think that's the beauty of the moment is that we need to, for the longest time, spirituality has been separate, you know, from our, our secular world, our modern world. But I think it's beautiful now that all these people in the secular world are stepping onto the healing path and the spiritual path and bringing that aspect of themselves so they can be it's you can still be a consultant or you can be a corporate attorney um, but you will be yourself you know in in that role in the world um it's not just going to be resigned to the hour that you spend at the yoga studio each week it'll it'll permeate your being so i think it's it's never too late it's not something you can't have at any any point in your life Mm -hmm. um and when I say like, how do you find that? I think it is practices of, of having the support, having a community, having mentors and teachers, um, microdosing practice, you know, using nature and earth medicines. Um, and as soon as you step on the path, um, it's amazing how it'll kind of light before you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's good. And I think it's often, it's about taking small steps, you know, it can seem, um, I think to a lot of people, it seems like just this, a huge leap into the abyss, you know, like, I know something's wrong, what am I going to do? I have to change everything. It's like, no, just, you know, start paying attention to your breath, start connecting with your body, start listening to your emotions, you know, go step by step and don't, don't worry about exactly where you're going to end up. You'll, you'll figure that out later, you know, just one step after another, you know? Yeah. It's so hard for us humans to do that. It's one of our greatest challenges. I think we so crave certainty, Mm. you know, and the control of, of knowing what's going to happen. And, and that will lead us to, I think sometimes people would rather believe something that's completely false rather than just admit we don't really know, Yeah, you know? Um, so I try to encourage people to embrace not knowing because there's an amazing uh, freedom uh, of possibility when you can rest in that not knowing. Yeah. Um, 
definitely. And it's like, if you, I mean, whatever life you're living now, like you've had a huge part in playing that, whatever mental constructs you have, whatever values you have, like that's what led you to where you are, right? So if your idea is, well, I'm gonna use the same mental constructs to get me out of this mess. It's like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> like the, the whole point is you don't know. And that's why you need mm -hmm. to start experimenting with, with something else, you know? And that doesn't mean, you know, drop everything, move to India and, and you know, go sign up with, uh, with a guru somewhere. But it, it does mean, to start experimenting with things that are unknown, uncertain, just, you know, something different for you and, 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 and seeing how it, how it sits with you and, and how it affects you and, and taking it bit by bit, you know, and, and really mm -hmm. trusting that like, yeah, the body has a deeper intelligence and, and it will let you know, you know, even if the analytical mind doesn't understand, or it takes 10 years to understand, like, that's okay just mm -hmm. go with that gut feeling, go with that feeling in your heart, you know, and there's, there's good signs backing that up. You know, we all know we have those sort of ancient neuronal networks in there and, and they know what they're talking about, you know, just mm -hmm. gotta, we just gotta learn to listen to them a little bit better. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 How do you, how do you look for, for wisdom or, learning or where do you turn to when you want to uh expand grow deepen mm. right now it's primarily the natural world um mm. i've got to say i i do read a lot and i i do listen to humans but um lately i've been turning to my 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 greatest teacher i think is is the natural world mm. um animals plants, uh, mushrooms, you know, they, they teach in metaphor, um, often, but they have so much wisdom and they've been here for far longer than we have. Mm -hmm. Um, so moving through the world and, um, and thinking, conceiving of things in new ways. Um, and I do enjoy like learning from the outliers, you know, it's amazing over time. If you read, you know, across human history, it's always kind of the weirdos and the outliers doing these things that got, you know, they were weird and they were shunned and they were, they were so pushed back on by um, the status quo. Now I've learned to pay attention to that. Mm. Um, so um, like you just said, like we can't conceive of, of the new based on the frameworks of the past. Yeah. So um, we need to start looking outside um, mm -hmm. in different ways. So, yeah. And I do, honest, I also need to give credit to, to plant medicines too. I mean, I get a tremendous amount of guidance and wisdom um, by working with plant medicines um, in a very direct way. So yeah. that too is, is kind of part of my, my spiritual wisdom bank mm -hmm. is I call on them, you know, yeah. whether in practice or in dreams or in just presenting, if you pay attention in, in life, you know, there's always signs um, and clues and affirmations um, to us available always um, to help point us in, in the right next step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned there's been little, turns a phrase that that you said of you know the the plants sort of like they 
they want something for us or the mushrooms are sort of calling to us and this sort of this this mystical sense that like they have their own sort of agenda right and we're just like <laughs> we're just along for the ride right so like how do you it's true it's yeah true. okay okay so that, that's how you see it it's it's like like mm-hmm. do you have like a I don't know like a metaphysical stance on like what what is our relationship with with mushrooms well I've just I've seen it firsthand and it's kind of amusing um when you really begin to look at us through the lens of nature versus through the lens of man um it's yeah, it's, it's enlightening, it's inspiring, it's, it's very amusing. Um, and yeah, I talk about this frequently, because so often, you know, I hear people, um, especially scientists talk about, you know, earth medicines as tools. And I think we're actually the, the tools of mm. nature. And nature is always trying to communicate to us and giving us signs, um, and is so forgiving of us, no matter how much we constantly, uh, mess up nature is so always so generous and forgiving. Um, but I think the way I've watched the people that are called to earth medicine practice right now, it's really interesting because they're so different. Their backgrounds are so different. Their ages are so different, but I notice the people that are being called right now, um, to the point where it's, they can't deny it anymore. There's so many serendipities happening. They're all tend to be the creators, um, uh, among us. And by creators, I mean, they're all people in their various professions who create something that's never been here before. So be it artists or architects or CEOs and, investor, founders, um, entrepreneurs. Um, again, they're all different professions, but when I really look at what's happening, it's, it's all of them are people who are going to create the future. So they're going to be creating our future businesses, our systems, our structures, our culture in the form of art and design. And then when I look at it through the lens of, of nature, I'm like, that's very clever. (laughs) Like, if I, you know, if I was going to wanted to carry a message forth um, and inspire change, who would I want, you know, who would I want this energy, this power, uh, the spirit in the hands of, and it would be those people mm-hmm. that are kind of willing to um, take the risk isn't, isn't the right word. Cause I think it's just an innate nature, but the people who um, have that openness and sense of possibility and freedom innately in them. And then nature meets them to kind of create the future. Hmm. Do you think there, there is a a sort of a unified message there? Like if we could decode what the, the mushrooms are trying to teach us, the fungi, what, what would their message be? The message is that I have been given, I think for each of us, it'll be different. Um, The messages I've received is that it's all of it is predicated on each of us um, healing first and foremost, you know, if we're all of us are a healed healing uh, whole person and we're aligned with what we're here for and what we're meant to express in our lifetime 
if we get everybody there, that the world changes, you mm-hmm. know, um, in, in every way. So that to me is, is one of the primary messages is in each person's way, helping them get on that path. And it'll be unique to each person. Um, mm-hmm. Some, it might be in yoga, another person, it's going to be an ice bath, mm-hmm. um, but everybody getting everybody there um, is the first step. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, I'd love to keep going, but I've got a, got some people coming over to do an ice bath, actually, in just a few uh. minutes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciated sharing. Mm, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And I guess, but before you go, could you please just, just tell us sort of how people can get in touch with you or where, where can they find you? I don't know, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whatever. absolutely. So I'm yeah. super easy to find um, on the internet. The spelling of my name is K-A-Y-S-E-G-E-H-R-E-T. So it's really easy to find me. I'm on all the social platforms, um, very accessible. And then our community is based at microdosingforhealing.com. So there's lots of information about the programs. Um, and how to apply, and also some intro videos for people who have um, beginner questions about microdosing practice there too. Great, beautiful. All right, well, yeah, we'll definitely put all that in the the show notes, so anyone who's interested, definitely check that out, and uh, yeah, I guess we can just leave it at that. All right, beautiful. Enjoy your ice bath. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs)